0: Hi and welcome to Good Change Conversations with myself, Christy Hunter and Steena Smith. We're here to inspire everyday people to do good things. Good changes come in all shapes and sizes in the form of products, mindsets, routines and more. Each episode, we're going to introduce you to small changes that will help you and the environment. We hope you take away at least one of these and change for the better. In the wise words of Elvis Presley, clean up your own backyard first, and then the world's. Focus on the small changes. Don't try to do everything perfectly, just little bits one step at a time. Miriam Wood is a New Zealand registered psychologist with specialised training in health psychology. She has a fascination with the interaction between our minds, our bodies, and how we can use psychology to improve both. Miriam has worked as a psychologist at the New Zealand District Health Boards for over a decade. She's worked with people with a range of health problems, including burn injuries, heart problems, respiratory conditions, pain, and cancer. She's also worked with people coping with life stresses and other problems such as worry, anxiety, and depression. Miriam enjoys working with organizations on how to apply psychology principles to protect and boost staff well-being. We are so excited to have her in the studio with us today to offer a few tricks and mental hacks to improve our overall well-being. So welcome Miriam. Thank you, it's a pleasure to be here. So I opened up your website when I was doing a little bit of research and I was greeted with the words, I try to bring kindness and humor to my work. I love psychology and what it can do for people, so I try to share that with my clients too. Kindness and humour, they are seriously two of my favourite things. Everyone loves to be treated kindly, and there is absolutely nothing better than a good old jolly belly laugh. <laughs> so um, tell us a little bit more about this, Miriam.
1: I'd said I try to bring humour. I didn't actually say I'm funny, so we'll see whether there's belly laughs. Um, for a lot of people, seeing a psychologist or the idea of a psychologist is quite scary. And so I really try, and through my website, because that's often the first protocol for people, to break down those barriers. Because seeing a psychologist should be something that actually is helpful and might not always feel great, but feels good for your long-term well-being. And so I really want to create that comfort for people. Um... I am an evidence and science-based practitioner and we know that kindness is really important for our well-being. I talk about kindness to other people because we know that's important, that boosts their well-being, it also boosts our own well-being when we're being kind, but I also talk about kindness to ourselves, how we can cultivate our inner kindness. That's how I treat myself and how I treat others. And I think they always say, you know, you've got to love yourself. Totally. And then um, on humour, I think often, you know, psychology can be quite full on. When people are coming to psychology sessions, they're normally coming to talk about some of the difficult things. When we look at psychological techniques, there's often this idea of diffusion techniques, which is how we get a little bit of distance from the situation that we're in. And one of the very best diffusion techniques is actually humour. So, how we find that humour in the everyday can be really valuable for us in terms of our well-being, having a good laugh, but also getting that distance from some things that we might not need to be so close to and hold so tightly.
0: Does it release a little bit of some sort of chemical into your brain when you laugh?
1: Yeah, there is a host of kind of physiological changes that happen when we laugh as well. So there's kind of that well-being boost, there's the dopamine, the serotonin that happens when we laugh there's also the connection that you get with someone else because often when we're having a laugh or sharing some humor it's a shared experience so we're connecting at the same time. The thing I'm always careful about is that you don't want humor to ever be at someone else's expense so you don't want to be laughing at someone it's always around joining in together in a collective experience not at anyone's expense.
0: At Good Change Store, we have designed beautiful and sustainable cloths for your home. They began as a vehicle to help lead social change. We are here to inspire and help people make small changes for a better world. Start with your kitchen and clean with prettier cloths that care about your bench as well as the environment. Um, So you talk on your website about the answers, I quote answers. I personally would rather work on my own wellness now and my children's and create really resilient, strong, courageous humans that than have to actually scrape up pieces at the end. What are your thoughts on this?
1: Totally agree. I really like how you frame that wellness is something that we need to work on rather than it being something that we just get that ambulance at the bottom of the cliff. And I think as a psychologist, I often become involved and, involved with individuals or with organizations when we are in that crisis mode because something's happened, people are burnt out and they need some support. We need to be thinking about that wellness a little bit more like we think of our fitness. We need to keep exercising to maintain that fitness. So it's the same with our wellness and our well-being, our mental well-being. We need to keep working at that constantly and it starts in our childhood. <laughs> I know
0: my father always preaches to me from a fitness perspective. He says, you don't get fit, you stay fit. I totally see where you're coming from. And I'm sort of thinking about my children in terms of, you know, it starts when you're young, building that resilience from a really early age and just making sure that they can really push through the
1: tough times.
0: You don't need to worry about stuff.
1: Yeah, it's okay to worry, but let's do something with that worry. Or if that worry is carrying on... Let's find a different way to manage it. But thing I think when we tell ourselves, don't worry, we kind of go, oh, that's something bad. Oh, maybe I shouldn't go there with my brain. Oh, but my brain's worried. Oh, now I'm tied up because I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing. And we worry about our worry. That's often what I see. People who kind of are worried and then they worry that they're worried. Noticing how we educate our children about emotions and being okay with having emotions and then understanding them and knowing what to do with them can be a really good place to start but there are certainly tips and tricks along the way and I think we've come a long way even in the last couple of years with how that information is spread so we've got amazing podcasts like this Um, information is becoming a lot more accessible these days which is fabulous no,
0: it's, it's lovely to have it all out in the open. People like the, uh, I'm just thinking of, from a depression perspective, John Kerwin's whole campaign, you know, it made it a whole lot more public and overt with talking about our feelings. And
1: Yeah, it's wonderful when people have that kind of role models and then resources and then can come and ask for help. It's really excellent when there are those resources people can go to that's trusted and then they can access help. Yeah,
0: amazing. So there seems to be a worldwide shift, um, though, in a, in a bit of a drive towards wellness, health, and well being. And um, why do you think that this has happened in the last few years? I know that obviously COVID is a big reason, but it just seems to be it's almost become a business for a lot of people.
1: There's probably many reasons, and the environment that we live in at the moment probably is promoting it. You know, we're in a world where there's climate change, there's crises all around us, and so people are looking for an antidote to that and it is a big industry. When I googled it, $4.5 trillion industry. You know, we are being sold wellness and well-being in many domains of our lives. And what I would say is that well-being isn't necessarily something that you can buy. Amazing. I'm thinking
0: of, I guess doing yoga in your own home or um, breathing exercises.
1: Yeah, it can help. You know, if you go to a yoga class, that can be really great for wellbeing. So there's certainly wellbeing things that we can pay for that are great. Um,
0: so in my research for this podcast, I found uh, the six areas of psychological wellbeing are autonomy, environmental mastery, personal growth, positive relations with others, purpose in life and self-acceptance we're obviously not all perfect none of us are and which of these do you identify as the most pressing one in terms of an area that
1: many of us need to improve on and there's so many different models to well-being as well psychological well-being so that model I feel is quite complicated big words but what I would say in most of our models when we look at well-being is The sense of meaning or purpose in life is so important for our psychological well-being and for our overall happiness actually and I think most of your listeners will probably relate to that, that we need to have some reason to get up in the morning, whether it's our role as a parent or a mother or or whether it's around a spiritual connection, our meaning in terms of what life is, our volunteer role, our career. We need a sense of purpose to drive us, to keep us going. And we know that psychologically, that's really important.
0: Yeah, I know that running the business that I run, getting up in the morning and know that I've got something really purposeful to, to do, because one day yeah. the kids are going to leave home. And, you know, we've all put our best foot forward as being the best, trying to be the best mother that we can be. Not all of us are mothers, but, you know, if you've got kids, that's sort of the centre of your world and, um, and knowing that one day they'll leave home. And, we need to have something to hold on to
1: too. Yeah, I'm really lucky that I've got a career that gives me a sense of purpose. I feel like that's why I became a psychologist, because I wanted to have that sense of making a meaningful difference. But we can make that meaningful difference in so many ways, whether it's through our garden, you know, getting outside or doing sustainable changes. There's so many different purposes that we can connect to. And in the arts, there's lots of ideas. Good Change Eco-Cloths
0: are fully compostable in your home garden after six to nine months of use. They are lint and streak free, have the absorbency of 15 paper towels, and most importantly, don't smell. Available from your local supermarket or online at www.goodchangestore.com. Help support good changes in New Zealand homes with Good Change Eco-Cloths. Let's crack into some hacks and tips and chat about some practical strategies. Tell us a little bit about practical strategies that you can offer us for overall psychological well-being.
1: So one of the things I was, that I do with a lot of my clients is what I call a wellness plan. And so something that's really useful to do when we're in a good headspace, so I often do it towards the end of seeing a client if I've seen them for a few sessions and we've kind of got plans and what works for them. But what you do when you make a wellness plan is you write down what are the signs for you that things are maybe about to go south. People that we live with often notice these things almost before we do. And so, you know, when we get insight into what are the signs that things are starting to slip for me, we can then do something about it. Because so often, if we're in it, we don't notice. So I'd say make a wellness plan, write down what are your early warning signs And then what are your positive coping strategies? What are the things that you have inside of your control to help you cope when things are maybe going a bit south or you're getting a bit more stressed? Because often when we're in that space, when we're tired and stressed and almost can't be bothered and strung out, we forget the things that actually help us. So we either need someone else to say, get out and go for a run. We know you'll feel better. Or if we've written it down in a plan, this wellness plan, then we can look it up and go, that's right. I always feel better when I go for a run, even though I don't feel like it. The ones that are kind of fake strategies. Do you know what the fake strategies are? I'm just thinking, reaching for a glass of wine. Exactly. They're the tricks. They're the coping ones that... Make us think we're coping, but actually are undermining us. Yeah, if yeah. we can think about what our good ones are, we can write them down so we don't get tripped up when we're in a bad space or when we're starting to go south. Um, the other thing I'd say to put in a wellness plan is what's something helpful I can say to myself when things are starting, when the pressure's coming on, what's something useful that I can say? And we can get a little bit sucked into just be positive So I often say we don't need to have a mantra that's super positive. So for me, the kind of thing that I say is, you've coped with hard things before, you've got the resources to cope with this. And then the last thing in a wellness plan is, who can you go to for help? You know, write down the names of where you can go for help. Is it your family? Is it a special friend? Is it your GP? Is it a website? Is it a helpline? I'll I'll wait till I'm in a really um,
0: grumpy state and then I'll ask my husband to give me all
1: this. Don't do it when you're grumpy, do it. (laughs) That is marriage limiting.
0: (laughs) I do know what I need to do when I'm in that state. It's just, as you say, it's implementing. And
1: it's having it somewhere that's accessible, you know, put it on your phone or put it on the fridge put it somewhere, make one for everyone in the family. So you teach other
0: people these practical strategies. Do you follow these yourself? Um, and when you find that you're coming off the wagon, how do you personally pick yourself up? You've kind of covered that off really, but do you have a personal secret? Of...
1: I do not have a personal secret. I am very much a human being Um and the wheels fall off from time to time. And like everyone else, probably listening to this, you know, I have a busy life. I'm a mother and knowing the strategies and doing the strategies are two different things. And so I think it's around just like we talked about earlier, the fitness, you know, it's around always being vigilant, always keeping watch and making sure that you're doing what's good for you. It's
0: almost like being present in the moment as much as you can to to really read your own mind and
1: body yeah but don't put too much pressure on yourself either we don't have to be perfect well-being creatures all the time um so making sure that we prioritize our sleep so making sure that you're actually giving yourself that seven hours in bed or eight hours whatever your body needs to get what you need is a really good well-being strategy
0: Um, it's interesting because, you know, in ind- indigenous communities, um, the wellness is about balance and harmony, and they always tend to sort of focus on the strengths, not the weaknesses. I find that we live in this world where we're just constantly surrounded by bad news. And there's all kinds of badness thrown at us in all directions. How do we sift and sort this absolute explosion of negativity? Because nobody really celebrates the good news. It's always the bad news.
1: Often we think of our most important commodity as being our time you know, we kind of go, oh, we don't have enough time. And I think what we need to think about our most important commodity is our attention. So we have to be really discerning in where we put our attention, feeling like we're taking control of where our attention is going.
0: Great, and that leads me on to my next question. How can we teach, or what can we teach our children here and now? And, I mean, you've covered off some great tips and hacks, but is there anything, you know, I've got a 9, 11, and a 13-year-old, and I know you've got a 6- a and an 8-year-old. Mm. What can we be teaching them? I'm thinking the top word on the top of my brain is resilience, but what can we do? What's a practical tip or two that we can teach?
1: One of the big things, I think, is understanding emotions and what they mean. So I guess emotions tell us about our values. So say, for example, we didn't care about our health. It didn't matter whether we were healthy or not. Then if something happened, you know, say we got a symptom, we might not feel any anxiety about that. If we had a sore stomach, we might not feel at all worried because we don't care about our health. But we start to feel worried. Oh, what does that stomach ache mean? Why is it happening? That's because we care about our health. So it tells us about what's important. Same with anger. We're feeling angry because something's happened that violated some of our values. Maybe we value friendship and someone's done something that feels like it's not aligned with our values. So we have an emotion of anger because of that. I often think of our emotions as intel, intel as to what's important. And when we get an emotion, if we can dig down and go, okay, what's that telling us? What's our value underpinning that? Then we can do something with it. So I think teaching our children about emotions can be really powerful for their lives because emotions are really important at teaching us about what's important other thing i'd say about emotions is one of my favorite phrases is name it to tame it if we give it a name our brain can make sense of it and then get it under control
0: good change bamboo reusable towels the perfect alternative to a single use paper towel or the blue synthetic rolls that stay on the planet forever Use, wash, and reuse up to 85 times, then compost them in your home and send them back to nature. Available from your local supermarket or online at www.goodchangestore.com. Help support good changes in New Zealand homes with Good Change Bamboo Towels. Really awesome, awesome um, information. And so
1: where do you see the world in 10 years' time in terms of psychological well-being? One of the things that I teach my clients is that we're not clairvoyants. Psychologists can't see into the future. <laughs> and I often we talk about thinking errors, which is when we try and predict the future. But normally that's done on a um, smaller scale. So often that's when our thoughts are, oh, my God, tomorrow's going to be terrible because of blah, blah, blah. So I talk about that as we're not very good at predicting the future. And I think psychology is an amazing field and there's always really interesting research. I think that psychologists have been really good at working with individuals, but not always involved in working in system. You know, our policies, helping to look at psychological well-being across the lifespan because we can have psychological strategies but actually things start from you know from babies in the womb you know literacy rates will all influence our well-being and I don't
0: think 10 years ago I'm just thinking from a technological perspective with social media etc people could have preempted the impact that social media was going to have on our children and and it's this massive fast-paced convenient world what how fast is it going to be in 10 years?
1: Yeah, maybe we need to embrace some slow as well. Maybe there'll be a pushback and we can get some slowness into our world as well.
0: And what would you suggest are the three things that people can take away or listeners can take away today to help them improve their overall psychological well-being? Just are there three sort of really clear, practical steps?
1: Three clear, practical steps. One of them, you know, we talked at the start about the importance of kindness and being really kind to yourself. And so one of the tips that I would say is talk to yourself like you would someone that you really cherish. Because so often the way that we talk to ourselves in our own head is not very nice. Stop if you notice that and say, would I say this to my friend? And if you wouldn't, try and talk to yourself like you would a friend. The next tip would be, we talked about those trick coping strategies, the ones where we reach for the glass of wine or we get sucked into Netflix for hours. And I think if you can ask yourself a question, is this helping or harming my well-being? Then you can give yourself that opportunity to decide whether your strategy is a trick strategy or whether it's a real one. And then the last one, we have touched on kind of anxiety and worry. We haven't talked a lot about the physiology of what happens in our body. But when we have strong emotions, often we have a physical response. You probably can relate to that. We've all had those times where we feel more tense and wound up. And I think one of the greatest things that we can control in our physiology is our breath.
0: Hey, Miriam, thank you so much. Um, you've given us some really real practical steps today in this very complicated world that we live in mm. to help us get through daily life. And you mentioned in your tips and tricks at the end or practical steps talk to yourself like a dear friend. I love that. You know, mm. it'll make me really think about what's going through my head and yeah. sort of process things a little bit better and if they often say would
1: you talk to your daughter like that yes you know exactly. and often we wouldn't yeah, so yeah
0: yeah, Absolutely. yeah. Oh, that's fabulous. Um, but yeah I'm going to go home and do a welder's think and just helping the kids to to form their own plan of how they can deal with day-to-day life
1: fabulous I love it when my tips are used in practical ways so it's been such a pleasure to be on this podcast
0: Thank you for listening to our Good Change Conversations. We hope you are walking away feeling excited and inspired by those doing good things. Keep coming back. We have so much more we want to tell you.